And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 183, aka season three, episode three, uh, coming at you this Saturday, uh, almost evening where I'm at now. Uh, I'm sitting in a hotel in Cleveland now uh, on our Anarchy on the Road tour. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still give out phone numbers for whatever reason, uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. And before I ask you uh, what's going on with you this week, MC, let me just say straight off the bat, uh, Cody Wilson did nothing wrong. End of story. Uh, MC, what say you? Uh, I, I guess I agree. Um um <laughs> good i i don't know i don't have too much to say about that i mean <laughs> well it's it's kind of a big deal i guess uh it's an it's it's unfortunate that he got caught up in you know somebody else's business <laughs> well he wasn't trying to do anything wrong well i guess go on so so he was he was trying to pay for somebody for sex, but uh, is that even is that legal? And where was that Texas? Or? Yeah, it, it turned it. Uh, the reports coming in was that she was uh, underage, so in Texas, sixteen. Um, and I, I think that's more of the issue that everyone else has a problem with. Uh, but from from the anarchist and hopefully the most of the the libertarian position, even that uh, shouldn't be a real problem. And so I spent, I, man, how long was that fucking podcast? I listened to the uh, Freedoms Phoenix podcast because they were the first person, they were the first ones uh, to put out anything on the Cody Wilson issue. And they went on for like close to three hours, I think. If I, you know, I don't, I'd have to check the time on the podcast. Uh, but like skirting the issue so bad um, that it, it, it was kind of laughable that they would even, that they would even produce content. Uh, to try to discuss it, but not discuss the actual, the, the real issue at hand and, and what I would expect, you know, the freedom perspective to be. Uh, I didn't, I didn't hear too much of it coming out of that one. Uh, but the, 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 the latest news is that he's been arrested in Thailand, in Taiwan, excuse me, um, and is in the process of being deported back to the United States for having the audacity, uh, to pay for sex with a 16 year old, um, and I just, I just want to say that, you know, from, from the libertarian, from the anarchist perspective, none of what he did is out of alignment with any of that philosophy, uh, despite what uh, some may claim. Yeah, I mean, no victim, no crime. Um, so, I mean, that's yeah. pretty much self-explanatory. You would think. You would think. And yet we're going to spend, like, no more time on it because that's the... the, the the end of the ideal. Um, but they went on for, like I said, for hours. Um, maybe we'll go on a little bit further because you're right. No, no victim, no crime. So the, the aspect of having sex, not a problem, right? The aspect of paying for sex, not a problem. Um, and if a 16 year old uh, has the capacity and inclination uh, to charge for sex, uh, I'm going to also assume, right? consensual sex was being had and therefore no problem. Uh, now, 
the, the why I want to go on a little bit further uh, is because, as you know, we're doing uh, the anarchist experience from the road uh, because I'm in the process of moving um, as part of my uh, statement of intent with the Free State Project. Uh, and as I was sitting here getting ready for the show, uh, I read some unfortunate news um, regarding Cody Wilson and the association with the Free State Project that is a little uh, disconcerting. Uh, doesn't change my mind about making the move, um, but just to highlight that I will not be swayed, uh, as we discussed a little bit last week, by um, a, a utopian ideal or a disillusionment of, of why I'm moving. Um, Cody Wilson was apparently scheduled to speak at the, uh, um, oh man, the, the Free State Project's uh, Liberty Convention. I, man, I, I'm spacing on the name of it for whatever reason as we talk about it. Uh, Liberty Forum, that's the one. He was scheduled to speak at Liberty Forum 2019, um, and I read the unfortunate news that he is now uh, canceled uh, from that speaking engagement, um, and that, uh, you know, apparently because, again, um, the Free State Project is okay with certain freedom issues, uh, but not all, and the, you know, the the freedom to interact um, sexually or otherwise with what they deem inappropriate or underage people uh, causes them to, to... get all in a Hufflepuff uh, and and cancel pe- and kick out people from the project and cancel you know speakers from the project um, because it's perceived as such a, a, a social negative I guess so still moving not turning you know not not you know making a U-turn uh, in in the car over that but you know just just so that I'm not just just so that people understand that I'm not disillusioned. Uh, about stuff like that i i am aware that things like this happen um and i'm going anyway and you know so be it mc yeah that's fine (laughs) have fun um yeah sucks he won't be there but um bad timing huh couldn't he wait after well bad and apparently he knew it was coming too like he he went on some other show um ahead of time said that they're gonna get me and I guess this is, uh, you know, outside of the, the liberty and anarchist aspect of it, um, you know, s- even though, even if he did it, I, I say he did nothing wrong, right? It does seem suspicious, and this is all conspiracy conjecture, right? It does seem suspicious that as he battles the federal government and multiple state governments, um, something like this comes out of the blue uh, to besmirch his reputation, Right. Like that sounds fishy, right? No, nothing ever happens, you know. You know when when nothing's going on. But as, as soon as as soon as you start to put up a fight, um, you know, then the then the skeletons get dug up and and you know pulled out of the closet, and anything you know anything you do is like put under the microscope, uh, you know. So so no matter what it is you do, uh, especially if you're a, a pro freedom, pro liberty person, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're hamstrung i guess or handcuffed by the state still because you're forced to work walk on eggshells uh in order to not to, to in order to not step out of bounds and do something you know such as this that w- in the absence of the state no one would uh no one would legitimately like blink an eye or bat an eye at right just oh okay you know consensual sure no problem have at it right was or what should it be uh, or how, or how it should be uh, but all of a sudden, you know, you get put under the microscope of the state when you're battling them, um, and they'll they'll dig up anything or plant evidence or do anything like that. Um, not saying that they did that in this case. He very well may have done it, uh, 
but the 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 timing is suspect to say the least uh that's all i really had to to lead this week so what is going on with you this week mc oh um let's see mm. not much I, I i talk to people about ubi again um Uh-oh. because that's what i do i mainly try to get the people that are trying to implement ubi to realize they can do it uh in a non- non-government way <laughs> yeah and uh so yeah that's my that's the main thing i'm doing and something else I was arguing about. It'll come to me later. <laughs> I, w- I will say this. Um, you know, do, doing, doing the show from the road, uh, I'm, I'm doing my best. Uh, you know, like, like, like the advice should be given, right, to, to just uh, stay out of trouble, keep my nose down. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to get caught for anything between here and there um but man there are a lot more road pirates uh in this part of the country than there was when i started the trip like maybe maybe that might be an exaggeration but right after we left uh las vegas there was like a bridge where they intercepted like a bazillion cars like they were just like they were just hanging out on this bridge and as we drove out of vegas you know, we probably passed by five or six, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, maybe even more than that. Cars just like that got pulled over, like right after that, right? They blew under this bridge, and boom, they were like they were assaulted. Uh, and then between here and maybe like you know the the Midwest part, um, th- it was virtually non-existent. Um, like I don't I don't remember seeing very many. Um, but once you know once we kind of hit the Midwest, they they were out in force again, like multiple times during our 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 road journey. You know, they're just hanging out in the middle of the highway, in the middle of nowhere, but on the highway, um, you know, just getting ready, you know, preparing for their assault on people. And I just, it bothers me, (laughs) bothers me so much. Um, But yeah, especially because, you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if M feels this way when on the road, right. But I'm pretty sure we're like the only Hawaii license plate that most of these people have like ever seen. And so I kind of feel like, you know, I'm representing an entire state of drivers, you know, but I'm also like doing the speed limit and, you know, following protocol and driving how you're supposed to on the highway. Um, And then these, you know, the regulars, I'm going to call them. People will hate you for that too. You're right. They will. And, you know, but they're, but at the same time, right. I'm, like I said, my, my main thing is not getting in trouble between here and there. Um, So I don't, I'm not too concerned about the speed issue, but more like, you know, the, the merging in and out and entering, exiting and passing protocols. Um, but they just blow by, man. Like, you know, and I, I would love to do that. Right. I would love to be a regular who knew where the cops hang out. Um, and, uh, you know, because, you know, to, to me, um, and a lot of these places like 70 is still too slow. Just, it's just too damn slow. Like I've got, I've got places to be, man. And I don't want to, I, you know, that was a song, I can't drive 55. I am so glad that they repealed that because, you know, knowing that that's as fast as people are allowed to go uh, back home in Hawaii is ridiculous, uh, always has been. But now even, you know, after being on the road for so long, even 70 is too slow. And so I feel bad for holding up the people that are trying to go like 80 and 90. 
uh, you know, <laughs> but I, you know, but that's like the only consolation I get. Like I feel bad because I know under other circumstances, like the local protocol be just a, just a fly by, um, oddly enough, um, M hated, uh, Indiana for that. Like so far that has been like the, the worst state. Like we were probably doing like, uh, it wasn't, I don't want to say like a residential area, but we were like leaving our, the hotel area, uh, to go out and to get back on the main highway. And we were like, we were approaching a red light and we're probably doing like, you know, 35 and then slowing down for the red light. And this dude like just blows by us whoop, uh, on like the residential roads and then stops at the red light. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I think that that's seems insane no matter where you are. Like what's, you know, like I, I, I kind of want to say like, what's the hurry? You know, I know you got to get somewhere, but like, dude, look up ahead, like, you know, 30 yards up ahead. There's a light there. There's no, there's no reason to blow by me going like 55 <laughs> just to wait in the, at the same light that we were waiting at. Uh, so I gave him a look and then M gave me a look and told me not to give him a look. Uh, it's like, you want to get shot? This is how you get shot. Go, well, <laughs> if you would let me buy, you know, if you'd let me buy a firearm, then at least, you know, we can shoot back, you know, but yeah, so that that's, <laughs> that's been it on the road. Just, uh, uh avoiding, avoiding the road pirates, uh, and the blue and the blue light gang as much as possible until, until we get there, then, then, then I will put up a fight. Maybe we'll see. Cause she's sitting behind me laughing from her perch, listening to me talk ever so quietly. Great. We have an audience, a live audience. <laughs> it may be the first time. Cause usually, usually I have like the privacy of my own room and I kick her ass out and go get out of here. You know, Rich has to work, uh, but there's, there's no place to kick her out to because it's, you know, just a hotel room. All right. Shall we get into show prep? Some headlines? Sure. All right. There's one. I, I, I have the, the regular headlines that I have, and then my buddy uh, sent me another one that I'm, I, I don't have up on the website. I'm going to read it as a headline in case it's something you want to get into, MC. Uh, but I'll read through the regular ones, and I'll read through my buddies, and then we'll see if you know if one jumps out at you. He also sent me one from back home. Um, I'll read this one real quick in case like you know more about it than I do, because I didn't really read the the whole article. Um, an officer involved shooting in a Honolulu high rise. Were you aware of that one? Uh, nope. Nope. Okay, skipping it then. Uh, headline: No charges for dad who shot two cops to protect his daughter from unlawful raid on his home. Uh, headline, Illinois priest nearing citizenship now faces deportation because he mistakenly voted. Uh, headline, politicians, not hurricanes, ensure shortages. Uh, headline, patients will feel the pain as FDA slams medical device industry with growing regulatory burdens. Uh, headline, underground entrepreneur uses library to smuggle guns into Canada. Uh, headline, city won't fix laneway because it's owned by a man who's been dead for 118 years. Uh, and finally, headline, fed up with drug shortages, this hospital decided to make its own generics. Uh, and finally, bonus headline uh, for my buddy, in case it's something you feel like you want to get into MC, a woman facing charges for saving dozens of pets without a permit during Hurricane Florence. Any place in particular you want to start this week? You can start with the last one, I guess. Uh, the bonus one or the regular last one? 
the last one you just said about the pets and the pets. All right. All right. Woman facing charges. Headline: Woman facing charges for saving dozens of pets without permit during Hurricane Florence. Tammy Hedges, a woman who runs a North Carolina nonprofit called Crazy's Claws and Paws, or Crazy's Claws and Paw, saved over two dozen pets during Hurricane Florence. But now she is facing charges because she didn't have a permit. Hedges was in the process of building a shelter when Florence hit the coast, so she offered the space to pet owners in the area. The goal was to make sure they were not out there drowning. We had an elderly couple that were evacuating that afternoon, and there was no way they could take 18 animals with them, Hedges explained. We were trying to help abandoned animals. We knew North Carolina didn't have any regulations or laws regarding shelters for animals, so a group of us got together to do something to help those animals is why we opened our building to them so they'd have a safe place, dry, or a safe, dry place to go until their owners returned to get them. I had not gone out and gotten any animals, but a couple of independent rescuers had gotten some from flooded areas and brought them to me, she added. They offered their services free of charge and housed 17 cats and 10 dogs throughout the duration of the hurricane. After the storm passed and the trouble was over, Hedges received a call from Wayne County's animal services manager, Frank Sauls, who threatened to get a warrant to take the animals. Uh, you can voluntarily hand over the animals or I can go get a warrant, they allegedly told her. She complied with the order and the pets were taken to Wayne County Animal Adoption and Education Center. Uh, volunteer Kathy Davidson said the animal control officer called Hedges a lawbreaker. Uh, one of the officers specifically told me that Tammy was operating a shelter without a permit, she said. Uh, I think it's really sad that when someone tries to do the right thing, they're punished for it. Uh, I'm hoping they don't file charges. We'd like to see him, uh, see him reach out to her and push the reset button, she added. Uh, the government hates it when people come together and help each other out without permission, and this is especially true in the midst of a natural disaster as well. Uh, looks like that's the end of the article. Your thoughts on this, MC? Housing pets uh, without a permit during a disaster. Yeah, don't you know you have to have a, a permit to live <laughs> and pretty much everything? So um, I should have known better. Obviously. Obviously. Um, yeah. Um, this is crazy. <laughs> But we talk about a lot of crazy things on here, so. I try to find the craziest, and this was a, a bonus from my buddy. Like, we, we have a little game because because of how many headlines that I read. <laughs> um, I have a game with him where he tries to stump me uh, by providing me with an article <laughs> that I haven't seen yet. Uh, and to his credit, if you're listening, you're getting better. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times I go like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, two, three days old, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> been been there, done that, moved on. Glad glad you found it. Um, but he's been getting better at stumping me. And this one, this one not only stumped me, but I was like, ooh, that's gonna be, you know, that that that's you know, worthy of of reading on here. Uh, like you said, MC, it's it's crazy um, and so unnecessary, right? Like it's 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 not even you know who's who are they trying to protect by doing this? Are they trying to protect the animals? You know, are they trying to protect society? Is it for the old people? You know, what are we supposed to think about the children with this? Like, what's 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 the angle and what's the purpose of that angle um, to go through and do this? Right? Is is she is she getting some sort of financial benefit, um, with like free advertising? You know, with, without the permit, 
right? Or is or, or can they or can they like let one go, right? Uh, it, you know, or or it, would it letting one go be like you know uh, uh, an abrasion on the crown or something like that? Like no, 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 um, we can never let this happen, even in the midst of a hurricane or other natural disaster. You know, you you still must follow the rules of the crown, um, even in extraordinary circumstances, right? Is that is that is that the lesson that's supposed to be learned here, right? Like you know, it's it's animals, so maybe they don't care about animals, so it's okay to to go after her, uh, but but you would think, right? You know, as, as the community in that area rallies and comes together and you know tries to protect life and save everybody and get people evacuated and do all that, you know, do all that community stuff. Uh, that makes everyone feel all warm and fuzzy and brings everyone together. Uh, you would think that uh, housing a handful of pets in a facility designed to handle them, right, would just be like, you know, uh, 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 a key to the city or Medal of Honor or something, at, you know, at that level. Um, you know, by, by doing the right thing, being a hero in an extraordinary circumstance, uh, not, not, you know, not what they did do, which is, no, 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 you did, you helped, you helped these animals without permission, right? Um, and, and at the same time, it's not surprising, you know, they, they do stupid things like this all the time. Uh, but I would, I would have, I would have thought that in the, in the midst of a natural disaster, um, you let some things go, right? Am I, is that a weird feeling? Am I, am I, am I alone in that, MC? I mean, you would think, but you, you would also think if, if someone's life is, vastly improved or, or saved even by, uh, you know, marijuana that they let, you know, a kid use it in their state, but, but they don't many, many times. So, well, I, I agree with you on that, but that's not an extraordinary circumstance. Like that's an individual extraordinary circumstance. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah for the individual, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, what my point was, even in the case of humans, uh, the the law does not budge. The law is the <laughs> even law. If you, your life, if your life is in danger, um, yeah, it's totally totally insane. And then of course, um, if if you are uh, confronted by uh, abduction by the police, they don't care about your health either. So, oh yeah, we we've evidenced yeah. that a number of times the, over again. The, the the state. The state does not care about people. Um, they care about their piece of paper. And really, I think it's, I mean, it is all individuals doing this to other people. And, and so if they want to find somebody for doing something without a permit, um, that's just another asshole, uh, you know, just doing their job or whatever they think they're doing. Um, but yeah, they're just assholes. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that reminded me of is um, while while we're driving, right, like th there's only so much music you can listen to. So we've been listening to uh, a, a bunch of podcasts that I would regularly listen to. And then one that uh, was recommended uh, to M um, to listen to and to me previously. And I'd listened to like one episode of it a long time ago. Um, I, have you heard of the Serial podcast? Nope. Okay. Then don't even worry about it. Um, but we were listening to one of the episodes uh, this morning, and they were uh, highlighting uh, court cases. Uh, ironically enough, um, at a, a courthouse in in Cleveland, <laughs> I don't know where in location of where we're staying, but definitely within the same city. Um, and she, uh, the the host of the show, was interviewing um, a, a defense attorney, and 
the he said uh, the 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 point that stuck out in my mind while listening to that um he said you know in in this courthouse um innocence is a misdemeanor uh and the the thought behind that is even if you're innocent of whatever they're charging you with um if they if the state can't prove their case um they'll let you plea out to a misdemeanor because that supposedly is such an innocuous um punishment that most people, you know, it, it's not a big deal for, for most people. Uh, and that's, an, that's you know, uh, to try to align it with, the, with this story, uh, that's an unfortunate thing about, uh, about this and many other, you know, like, you know, many other offenses uh, that, that people, you know, that the, that the crown brings forward to people, um, is that even if you've done nothing wrong, right, because of how harsh the, the, the punishment for, for taking it to trial is, uh, most most people will plea out, you know, to to a lesser charge, even if that even if the state couldn't, you know, plead their case. So the the thought was, you know, innocence here is a misdemeanor, um, and so I'm I'm sure when all said and done with with this, you know, with this, um, you know, animal shelter thing, hopefully, hopefully the you know the the prosecutors and the the sheriff's officer whomever um, will will see the light. Um, but the likelihood that they'll drop the case against her small, they'll just be like, well, you know, no jury would convict, so we'll let you plea out uh, with a misdemeanor. And then all of a sudden she's got like a, a misdemeanor on her record while just trying to do the right thing. And I know that, you know, my 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 last court case before I left, I ended up uh, unfortunately taking the plea deal for the same reason. Uh, you know, well, for the reason that I just had to, to get it taken care of in order to, to move on time. Um and I, I may or may not have been guilty of what they charged me, but I was planning to take it all the way to the very end, right? I, you know, no, no plea deal, you know, no matter how many times they were offering it. Uh, trial, not only that, you know, give me my jury trial, because why the hell not? You know, motions upon motions and hearings, you know, left and right. Um, just because, just because, you know, the, the, the entire system has gotten so far off course to the point where, you know, doing the right thing is now a crime, um, that it takes people standing up to that system and, and standing up for, for what is right, um, to shift the scales back, uh, into the direction of freedom and into, in the direction of individual liberty. Um, and it takes, it, it takes a, a massive effort on the parts of a lot of, uh, strangers, you know, stranger individuals to do it. And unfortunately, like I said, you know, th this lady, you know, d despite not doing anything wrong and despite doing not only not doing anything wrong, but doing the right thing, um, the likelihood is that there's going to be a conviction, uh, you know, on her record um, because she'll, you know, she'll she'll likely take a plea or she'll likely get convicted of, you know, of whatever. And it's just it's it's painful to see. Uh, people doing the right thing, getting in trouble, right? Like, I, I don't mind bad people getting in trouble, but when you do nothing wrong, right, tie, tie it back in right again to, you know, to, to how I opened it, right, with, with Cody Rilson. Um, you, you do nothing wrong, um, and, the, and the state will still come after you and, you know, ru ruin lives and, and make things more difficult uh, than they ought to be and then they need to be. Um, and as you said, it, it, MC, it's just individual assholes, but it's individual assholes um, wearing the badge of the state, right? You know, having having the power uh, to do it without fear of repercussions, um, and it's it's that aspect of it that I think, uh, well, at some point, they're they're going to need to to feel some repercussions, 
right? There, there's going to there's gonna need to be some pushback by the average individual uh, so that the state doesn't feel like they can get away with it, right? If, if they don't feel repercussions, then they continue to advance um, and, and take away more freedoms and take away more liberties. Uh, but and at some point, people have to say enough is enough, and this is where we make you know our stand, um, and and like I said, push back on that. Your thoughts? Cool. Um, I uh, I guess there was uh, somebody who did something wrong on your list for the next article. Um, he he got uh, or he's facing deportation because he voted. Oh man, this. I mean, not supposed to vote. That's obviously the wrong thing to do, right? No voting allowed. See, and this is a, there's a, there's a couple um, here up here like that, right? Where it's a little, it's kind of in the in the murky waters um, from you know for me and from from my perspective. Uh, but at the same time, right? You know, uh, <laughs> eating eating their own, I guess is for. for, for lack but of it is, but is on the border. Yes, yeah, on the border of weird. Why, yeah. why they would, you know. Why would they deport a perfectly good statist? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Illinois, police, Illinois priest uh, nearing citizenship now faces deportation because he mistakenly voted. Uh, his supporters say that Reverend David Boas was thrilled earlier this year when an immigration official said he had completed all steps to U.S. citizenship short of taking the oath. Uh, later, however, a government letter broke the news that will culminate in a hearing next week in Kansas City. Citizenship denied. Uh, you need to go back to England. Uh, while processing the final papers on Boaz's path to citizenship, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service discovered that he, uh, that the retired Episcopal priest, made the grave mistake of voting just once in a 2006 election. Uh, voting when not a U.S. citizen is like a capital offense in the eyes of federal authorities, said Jesco Piedra, a Kansas City immigration lawyer unfamiliar with Boas's case. Even if done unknowingly, it's the worst thing you can do. Uh, Boas, who migrated 14 years ago to Illinois to serve Episcopal Church, told USCIS he was unaware at the time that only citizens can cast ballots in federal elections. Moreover, Boas said he agreed to register while obtaining his driver's license at the State Department of Motor Vehicles office after presenting his British passport as identification. Uh, a DMV supervisor directed him to sign up to become a voter. His case, which Boas is pledging not to fight, has stirred supporters to action. Uh, it's spreading through social media accounts. I think of everybody in the diocese, said Elizabeth Donald, a parishioner at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Edwardsville, Illinois where Boas, 69, has filled a uh, pastoral vacancy the, la the past several months. Uh, Father Boas is very popular, and everyone is quite concerned. Uh, she called the government's unsympathetic stance madness. Uh, Boas's lawyer in St. Louis, David Cox, said Thursday that the priest was a green card holder legally in the U.S. for as long as he desired and had truthfully answered all questions in applying for citizenship uh, that included an acknowledgment that he had once voted thinking it was okay. Uh, with the advent of st state, motor, uh, state motor voter laws aimed at helping people register, it's difficult for newcomers to know whether or not they fall under a criminal statute when they vote, uh, Cox said. The result can be harsh. The Telegraph newspaper in Alton, Illinois, quoted Boas, uh, quotes Boas as saying his deportation is inevitable and he would accept a voluntary departure if, uh, if an immigration judge in Kansas City approves. 
Uh, voluntary departures enable many deportees to return to the U.S. within a few years if they can secure the proper visas. Uh, Boaz did not respond to repeated efforts by the star uh, to contact him, but many friends are rallying to tell his story and help his cause. Uh, a GoFundMe account to help Boaz's legal expenses has surpassed its $5,000 goal. A supporter in Pennsylvania launched a Facebook page, Friends United for Father David Boaz, and posted a YouTube video of Boaz discussing his predicament. Uh, in it, he said he got his voter registration card and had voted in a local election. Uh, I will have to leave my community, my church, my friends, my the land I love, my home, he said in the video, and return to England where I do not have any funds to enable me to buy a home, barely to even rent a home. I need help. Uh, except for voting in 2006, Boas appears to have done nothing wrong. Uh, a check of Illinois criminal records revealed no offenses. His supporters note that his mistake at the polls may never have been known had Boas not applied for citizenship uh, with USCIS the federal agency that administers naturalization procedures and assists applicants seeking to become Americans. Uh, because of his clean record, he never was in ICE custody, nor was Boas rooted out by enforcement agencies, said Scott uh, Newdower, a spokesman for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Uh, USCIS issued the charging documents, he said. Uh, while USCIS said Thursday could not immediately address the details of Boas's case, agency spokeswoman Sharon Rumry wrote in an email to the Star, uh, Many people are in good immigrant status, but can't vote because they never took the final step. Lawful, permanent residents can live here their whole lives, but they need to apply for and be granted citizenship status to vote. Uh, the saddest aspect here is uh, is that Boas was so close to gaining that status, says St. Andrew's parishioner uh, Jane Weingartner. Uh, though the priest didn't speak of his immigration troubles to church members, you knew he was excited about becoming a U.S. citizen, Weingartner said. He wanted to see his grandson in England, but didn't want to go without completing the process. He's really a remarkable person, the kind you want to have uh, in this country. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts in this MC and the perils of voting. Uh, no, I don't have any anything to add to that. Um, they kind of expressed everything that that, that I would. <laughs> but at least we have one less voter <laughs> in the country. See, that's why that's why this is tough because again, it's like it's eating their own, right? Like I I would normally, you know, as as a voter and as someone you know who who was seeking out citizenship for whatever reason, right? I'm I'm sure he just doesn't know better. Um, at this point, right, that I, un, under ordinary circumstances, I, I wouldn't care. Uh, I'm not moved. I'm, I'm also like not very sympathetic um, to his plight, right? Like one, one less voter, one less status, you know, poof be gone. But again, such, such, a, such a remarkable circumstance where, you know, you, you have, um, aside from his, you know, of his flaw about being a voter, Right, uh, a respectable member of the community, um, you know, for for you know for his community and for his parishioners, right? You know, a, 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 an upstanding uh, member of society because you can't call him a citizen, right? And then all of a sudden, they're like, nope, get out, right? And and not only nope, get out, but nope, get out because of something he did, you know, twelve years ago, <laughs> and in the grand scheme of things, probably right had no impact on anything else right like whatever 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 vote he cast uh whatever vote he cast probably did not impact any in any election in any significant way so it was you know 
there, there's no value uh, in the vote or in any vote in general. So you know, if we want to talk about that, we can. Um, no value in that election. Came forward, was honest about it, and um, was like sold on the idea by another state employee, right? Like another member uh, of you know of of the crown, right? At the at the DMV, says, "Oh, you go ahead and you vote." Uh, you know, here, here's the, here's the registration card to, to get you voting. Um, and as a, you know, as a visitor or whatever status he held at the time, right. How are, how is he supposed to know any better? Number one, um, over something so innocuous, right. It's not like, you know, it's not like they were asking him to sign up, um, to commit a crime or something that, you know, common sense would dictate is a bad idea, right. It was, Oh no, get your, get your driver's license and roll the vote. Um, you know, rock the vote. Uh, so to speak, or, you know, whatever, whatever they're calling that now, get out there and, and, you know, make an impact in the world, son. Uh, you know, 12 years ago, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, if, if they had never, I'm sure if they had never uh, given him that voter card, he wouldn't have registered at the time. Um, and he had d- never displayed a, a propensity to do it after that. Right. It was like, he, he didn't, he didn't say he voted in 2008. He never cast a ballot in 2012 right? Had nothing to do with 2016, uh, but registered to vote, voted once in 2006. And all of, and all of a sudden it's so, so sorry, back to England. Right. Um, and again, you know, just uh, yet uh, so many examples can be drawn from this, right? Number one, don't vote. Uh, number two, don't, don't uh, come forth with information that they're not asking for. Right. It's not like, you know, uh, they said he he volunteered the information um, while answering a form. Right. Don't you know, don't don't be so forthcoming with information when dealing with the state. You know, let let them ask you the question directly before you give them an answer to make sure that, you know, they know what they're looking for before, you know, before, before you offer up uh, information voluntarily. Um, but again, just so, so stupid uh, and so sad. Right. Like I'm I'm. I don't think he should be deported and I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think he should be voting either. But then again, I don't think anybody should be voting. Uh, and I'm, you know, a, as an atheist, I don't care too much, uh, about him being a priest, but at the same time, like all on the individual level, like none of that matters. I don't care that he's a priest. I don't care that he cast a vote, uh, for the most part. And then to have, have this be the consequence of that is just, so what's the uh, it's uh, what's the quote from the article? It's madness, madness all the way around um, to to have this happen. Anything else, MC? No. Uh, what's we got? All right. Okay. Here's another bizarre one. Right. Let's let's work let's work through this one um, and, and see how this comes to pass. Uh, headline: City won't fix laneway because it's owned by a man who's been dead for 118 years. Uh, every single day is an axle-busting adventure, says a resident with a garage on the laneway. Uh, an often-flooded, pothole-riddled laneway in Kensington Market uh, has left some nearby residents feeling as though they've fallen through the cracks. The city won't maintain the busy lane because staff says it's actually private property. But the last known owner of the strip of land behind Bellevue Avenue died 118 years ago. Uh, the laneway runs south of College Street near Borden Avenue. Uh, the Kensington Community School sits on one side of the garages of local residents uh, of local residents line the other. 
School children, cyclists, joggers, and others use the laneway routinely, even though it's pocked with deep potholes and frequently used as a dumping ground for garbage, locals say. Uh, it is disastrous, says Adam Wynn, a local resident who's been trying unsuccessfully to persuade the city to fix the laneway. Uh, you have flooding issues, erosion issues. You may also have massive, massive dumping issues where people are dumping old furniture, hazardous waste, sometimes roadkill carcasses. Uh, as well, Bellevue homeowners rely on the lane to enter and exit their garages. They too say they're frustrated at its dilapidated state. Uh, the only way we can get here is down this alley, Christine Nielsen told uh, CBC Toronto. Every single day is an axle-busting adventure. Uh, she says when she and her husband asked the city to fix the laneway, they were told it's not the city's problem. <laughs> the lane is not public. It's private, a letter in her possession from city staff reads. According to Lane Registry Office records, it's been owned by R.B. Dennison since 1861. Uh, Dennison family records indicate that Robert Brittain Dennison, the last known owner of the land, died in 1900. Uh, although he had 12 children, he outlived almost all of them, and a family spokesperson says he has no knowledge of the orphan of the orphan laneway. In an email to CBC Toronto, city staff says there's no record of the laneway having ever been assessed, and therefore there is no tax bill issued generated for the laneway. Hundreds of people uh, a day use this as a footpath, when told CBC Toronto. For all intents and purposes, it's a thoroughfare. It just doesn't exist on paper in the city records. Uh, part of a larger problem? Uh, uh, I don't know. Count Joe Cressy, who represents Kensington, says he'll look into having the city expropriate the land, after which the city can begin maintaining it. But he says the lane is part of a much larger problem. Uh, as the city evolved, we had hundreds of laneways that are privately owned that are now used as community laneways, but not maintained as public streets. Uh, so... So your thoughts uh, on this, MC? Uh, should the city fix private property? Um. Well, how does the city gain additional property? Like, I mean, if if, if I was to give my property to the city, would it be the city's, or would they auction it, or you know, like how? Do... Well, in this, the, the last part happen? of the article, they said they'll have the the city would have to expropriate the property. Uh, and then they can be in it. So basically, they they take it, they you know from from whoever owns it. Um, much uh, th this article is from Canada, by the way, if that if that matters. Um, so here we would you know have eminent domain oh, okay. or anything like that. I don't know what they have there, but uh, they basically here's the, the the last part of the article. Uh, he'll look into having the city expropriate the land, after which the city can begin maintaining. So once the in this case the city would have to you know take it. Um, from whoever they claim owns it, and then it would become part of the city property. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be more fun to get all the people that live next to that way and do something on my own. I mean, just, I mean, sure, if I didn't have a lot of money or anything, or, you know, it, it might be difficult for people in whatever situation they're in, but, but, but maybe. I mean, if they could, it'd be like, you know, they could do it, they could do it better than the city, they could do it different. Um, yeah, they could, they could turn it into something instead of just another city, city road. <laughs> yes. And I, I, th I think that may highlight, um, uh, a distinction. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to put the United States like on a pedestal. Um, but the, it, it seems, it, it seems to be like a different mentality, um, coming out of Canada, right? Like every, you know, for, 
for all the good that Canada does the world uh, by just being there. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think when when compared to the United States, um, Canada has more of a collectivist mindset. Um, is that unfair? Tell me if I'm if I'm unfair so far, MC. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so Canada has a a more Not of a probably. I mean, po- politically at least. Yeah. Um, so they have more of a collectivist mindset, which means you know, for for things like this. Um, whereas we have many examples of, you know, private citizens having the exact opposite response here in the United States, right? When it's a public road, um, and the city fails to maintain it, private industry goes out of the way to fix it, um, you know, for, for profit, right? You know, cause, or, or, or to stem the lack of, uh, to stem the lack of loss, um, in many cases, uh, in Canada, it's the exact opposite, right? And then, and so it's, it's the, 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 the community looking to the state um, to to fix a private problem, um, and so you know that that was one of the things I thought of when I read this article. Is like it just highlights that 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 different um, the different thought process, right? Like me and you look at it and go like, man, this is this is a prime opportunity, right? To to like eliminate the state, you know, from fixing this thing and showing that you know private industry or private individuals or the community can come together. And fix it on their own, and be like, "See, look, this this is this is what private you know private industry can do," um, but they just don't. And the second thing uh, that came through my mind was, uh, I wonder if Domino's has the same pro uh, promotion going on in Canada that they do in the United States. And if so, maybe this community just needs to order more pizza and let Domino's come up there and fix the potholes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so, so that's that's kind of the the t- two things that are highlighted for me, and and again, you know, if it's if it is private, right? Why not? You know, if if this were the United States, I guess maybe the, you know maybe these questions would be better answered. Uh, but why not? You know, take up a collection or start you know a, a GoFundMe or or anything, um, because if, if that many people use it, right? Uh, I'm I'm sure if that many people are have a problem with it. It wouldn't be too difficult um, to to generate the funds necessary to repair it privately, right? Like you know, someone someone who is really hell bent on getting this thing fixed could take take the lead and take the responsibility of 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 being in charge, I guess, um, and and finding you know whatever um, surfacing company is in the area to to resurface it, you know, get a quote, get an estimate. Uh, you know, get get the funds together with uh, donations from uh, maybe even the the school, right? School members, school, uh, the parents of school attendees, teachers of school attendees. Um, you you have literally hundreds of people uh, available to contribute whatever they think is fair um, to go ahead and, and take care of this. Uh, and and yet and yet, right? Be, because of the the status mentality, that that mindset, that thought process. Um, rather than looking toward looking uh, out of the box towards solutions to the problem, um, they go begging the state to solve the problem for them. You know, please come fix this for. Please take it over, right? That you know, we're, we're trying to get more private property and get the state out of our lives as much as possible. Uh, and here, these backwards ass Canadians are asking the state to get involved more, right? You know, please take the private land 
right? So that so that we don't have to worry about the responsibility that comes with being an adult uh, and maintaining the roads. You know, please take it over so that you so that you, the state, can use you know the tax money that you steal from us uh, in order to to repair the potholes and fix the holes and you know fill in the cracks and and resurface this laneway. Um, and again, like the end of the article said, there's there's so many laneways um, that aren't you know as you know that that are just community laneways now because whatever happened to the private owner is now out the window that everyone's you know begging uh, to have the state take it over, all right. Um, and it, again, just backwards to me why you would ever want the the state to to be more involved uh, in your life. Um, so I guess I guess not going to Canada uh, for any extended stay anytime soon. MC. <laughs> mm. no, I don't have anything to add on that either. <laughs> right. Moving yeah. on. Where, where so. do we want to go next? What else we got? All right. Well, let's stick with Canada then, because um, the, <laughs> um, the 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 one of the final legs of our journey is to try to get across the border uh, to go to Niagara Falls, um, and. Because I don't think the Canadian officials are going to be listening to this, uh, just in case they are, I'll keep my mouth shut. Um, but we're, we're trying to figure out how to uh, get across the border um, unmolested um, with all of our luggage uh, in tow so we can spend a, uh, a night at one of the fancier, schmancier hotels uh, near Niagara Falls or somewhere, you know, somewhere cheap nearby because that works more for me. Um, but getting across the border is difficult, uh, apparently. So headline. Underground entrepreneur uh, uses library to smuggle guns to Canada. Uh, his enterprising operation illustrates the valuable role porous borders play in undermining restrictive laws. Uh, reading into the article, uh, you can get a lot of cool things in libraries. Books, of course, music, movies, games are all available at the library I frequent in my town. But Quebec's Alex Alexis uh, Viachos took the library coolness factor up a notch when he added firearms to the inventory uh, at the Haskell Free Library and Opera House, which straddles the national border between Derby Line, Vermont, and Stansted, Quebec. Uh, not that library officials knew their business model had been expanded. Uh, Viachos is out of business, at least at the moment, and behind bars. But his, but his enterprising smuggling operation is a wonderful illustration of the opportunities for making a buck that restrictive laws always create, as well as of the valuable role porous borders play in undermining those laws. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Vermont, uh, via oh man, I might be reading this wrong, Vlacos, I thought it was an I, it might be an L. Uh, Vlacos had two colleagues on the American side of the border, Annette Wexler and Jamie Ruiz, who purchased these handguns from multiple federally licensed firearms dealers in the Tampa, Florida area. Uh, getting the guns into Canada, where the country's stu stupidly restrictive firearms laws create a business opportunity for those enterprising enough to flout them, took a couple of forms. But on at least two occasions, in about March of 2011, uh, Annette Wexler and Jamie Ruiz worked together to stash several firearms contained in small backpacks inside the trash can of the library bathroom. Uh, Wexler then coordinated with uh, Vlacos, who had entered the library from Quebec, to retrieve the firearms from the bathroom. Uh, Vlacos then transported the firearms to Quebec, where he sold many of them. Uh, forget banned books of the week. This is banned stuff. Uh, if only all libraries were so cool. Hey, could I renew this Glock? <laughs> 
there's a reason Canadian consumers may be eager for smuggled firearms. Uh, Canada's law regarding firearms are rather draconian, uh, at least for those of us who feel no obligation to ask the government for permission to do things like uh, owning the means of self-defense. Handguns in particular are restricted, requiring a license, registration, and inspection by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Uh, even moving a gun from place to place, uh, like to a range or a gunsmith, requires paperwork and legal risk. Uh, owners are required to have an authorization to transport that allows them to move their restricted guns uh, using the most direct route to and from one of five places, uh, Vice reported in 2014. It's a federal offense to take a restricted gun places other than those approved by the ATT. Uh, for those who can't or won't submit to the bureaucratic gauntlet, smugglers like Vlacos orders a, an important alternative source. Uh, Vlacos seems to be more of an underground entrepreneur than a gun fancier per se. Uh, he also made a business of providing affordable cigarettes to Canadian smokers put off by their country's sky-high sin taxes. Uh, Canadian authorities nabbed Vlacos in February 2015 with a hockey bag full of smuggled cartons of cigarettes. Uh, Fox News reported at the time of Vlacos' recent sentencing to 51 months in federal prison. Uh, he was sentenced in the U.S. for exporting guns without a license. Contraband tobacco makes up roughly 30% of the to total Canadian tobacco market, uh, the free market-oriented Fraser Institute found in 2011. Uh, the report largely attributes the booming black market trade to relatively high and rising tobacco excise taxes. As a result, Investopia noted in 2010, uh, cigarettes al almost double the price in Canada than in the States. Uh, as Canada's government hiked federal cigarette taxes yet again this year, uh, boosting opportunities for those willing to smuggle taxes from low tax excuse me willing to, uh, op boosting opportunity for those willing to smuggle taxes low from low tax jurisdictions to consumers across the border that still doesn't make sense to me okay reading on uh, smuggling is an effective way of bypassing restrictive laws but it's not a full substitute for dumping such laws entirely uh, and forbidding government officials to inflict more there are legal risks, as is clear from Vlaco's prison sentence. Uh, the legal risks ap apply to consumers, too, meaning the end users are going to be the sort of people who view the law with disdain and aren't terribly fearful of the police. Uh, while none of the news reports I've seen about Vlaco's described his buyers, at least a few of them, were likely criminals accustomed to dealing on the black market. Uh, but it's unlikely that all of them were criminals. Uh, when Canadian federal investigators interviewed 20 men arrested for acquiring guns illegally, they discovered that seven of them uh, were free and passionate firearm collectors who were ready to acquire through illegal channels if it meant getting a gun that was difficult or impossible to obtain through legal means, according to the Canadian press. Uh, and several other interviewees also had no criminal record prior to being arrested for their illicit purchases. Uh, likewise, the Fraser Institute found that the illegal tobacco trade was largely supplied by organized crime. Uh, you don't get to a point where contraband makes up to 30% of the cigarette market by selling only to criminals. Clearly, regular smokers unwilling to pay stiff tax-driven prices are the vast majority of the cu customers. So restrictive laws drive criminal activity to satisfy the demand of customers who are largely everyday people unwilling to do the bidding of grasping intrusive government officials? The best way to reduce crime, it seems, would be to cut taxes, ease laws, and leave people alone to live their lives as they wish. Uh, but that's an old argument that has never moved government officials. They're always about to find that magic bullet that will stop their subjects from buying and selling popular goods and services that petty officials just don't like. Uh, the magic bullet has never materialized. Uh, maybe they should have just smuggled it in. 
Uh, whatever becomes of Alexis Blacos himself, rest assured that there is a bright and promising future for people like him. Uh, every draconian law and every border with a less restrictive jurisdiction represents a business opportunity for ambitious people possessing a commendable streak of rebellion in their souls. And maybe, if we're lucky, and if government officials and smugglers keep up their competitive efforts, the word library will someday come to refer to as a full-service smuggled goods emporium. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts on this, MC, uh, doing illegal things to, to make things cheaper for the average everyday human being. <laughs> well, I just sent an email about that part of the part that didn't make any sense. Uh, the sentence uh, with with an edit. So anyway, um, yeah. Um, I mean, you sent an email. Sorry, you sent an email to me or or to to the author. No, no, to to the to the author to oh, fix okay. to edit the article. <laughs> but um, beyond beyond that one sentence that didn't make any sense. Um, you know, we wouldn't have this wonderful black market if it wasn't for the government. So, uh, I guess, you know, good, good for them to, it's, it's like, um, it's like, you know, in star Wars, there wouldn't be any heroes if everybody just went along with empire. Right. That's true. So you can thank the government for, uh, this, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out a way, a, a good way of looking at the government at this point. <laughs> no, Bad MC. Bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, I, see, but I see your point. It's, it's actually, kind of what you, it, it can be deadly too. To to, you know, to the, smoke the, the gangs and the well you know, this you know, smugglers are one thing, but uh on the other side of the border, maybe in Mexico, uh there's there's gangs and stuff that do it and and uh they do other bad things than just smuggle drugs so um yeah if you if you i guess push enough people underground and they they have their own set of rules to uh, go by or or non-rules then then the rest of society does then uh it could be bad so um but yeah as far as smuggling goes go for it um i wish there was more smuggling in fact I, sometimes i think about that i think about like buying a huge ship or maybe renting space on a ship or something like that to, to just get goods inside that are, you know, that, that Trump is trying to raise taxes on and try to figure out a way to get them inside the borders without being taxed. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge endeavor. Um, only because of the amount of, well, number one, because the amount of goods <laughs> that, that he's, uh, putting tariffs on, um, but also the quantities that you would have to, to bring in to make a significant impact on that. Like I, I could, you know, just, you know, if, if he's taxing sure. like steel imports, right? Like how, how much steel would you have to put on that ship to, to bring in, to make a difference uh, for, you know, producers buying steel? I don't, that's a rough one. I think I see your point though. Like small stuff. Or maybe like not make a difference, but just make a profit. Okay. Oh yeah. That's fair then. I mean, we were talking about that a little bit uh, at the end of the show, last week right where you were saying you know it maybe it's better to be a free person in you know in a in a highly regulated state society uh, because if you're willing to take that risk to to go to the underground um, to provide goods and services then you could come out uh, a very wealthy man whereas you know if we if we live in you know if we live in a free society uh, where there's you know parity 
uh, amongst producers. Um, and, and, you know, there's still profitability available, but it wouldn't be to the extent as the black market would provide uh, simply because uh, more people would be willing to take the financial risk of entering into competition rather than worrying about the political risk about doing something illegal. So, you know, uh, uh, another another point um, for UMC to to, you know, to to keep the keep the state around, um, you know, like, you know, to in order to keep profits up. Right. It, it's a weird thing. But when you know, when marijuana was first, you know, looking to be decriminalized in, in certain places, uh, the people speaking out against it were always, you know, the police department because they like busting people for um, for weed crimes. Um, but also, you know, they may not have been vocal about it, but the, the cartels uh, want to keep it illegal as well. Because if it's if it's legal and everyone can do it, then, you know, they 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 have competition all of a sudden that they never had before. Um, and as we know, competition drives down prices. Competition will drive down the prices and then the state will impose ridiculous taxes upon those goods and services that drive the prices right back up, um, you know, sometimes above the, the black market level. Uh, at least for a little while. I, I, don't, I haven't seen the reports lately, but, you know, I- initially a few years ago when everything was becoming um, legal, I think it was like Colorado first, um, it was still cheaper to get your stuff on the street than it was to, to get it at, at the shops uh, because the taxes imposed were um, were so I- enormous at the time. Um, and then, if I, and I again, I don't know what happened since then, uh, but the, the, the dispensaries are, are doing good business. Um, and I guess people, you know, looking to stay out of trouble would rather pay the higher tax uh, than support their local dealers uh, on that. Anything else to add? No, I think we're running out of time though. Yep. I I think we done reached the end. Uh, So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. If you want to see the other show prep that we didn't get to, uh, because we got to a lot, uh, not including the bonus article, um, Go to our group page, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience. Uh, I remembered to put stuff on Twitter uh, last week, so find us there too, twitter.com slash the anarchist exp. And if you wanted to contribute to the show financially, we do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>